What's up, guys? This is Jason Tulio and Steve Ventu, and welcome to the T2 Fight Project, where we talk about all things martial culture and combat sports. All right, so our guest this week is uh, one of the stalwarts, one of the mainstays of uh, Philippine MMA. Uh, he's a coach, he's a referee, he's a BJJ black belt, uh, Franco Rulioda. Uh, Stephen, when did you first hear about Coach Franco? Uh, I first heard of Coach Franco actually from his brother because his brother JR was my first instructor in Jiu-Jitsu when I went to La Salle. So, and I would see him also obviously in URCC events where he would referee all that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, same. I, um, having done the jiu-jitsu in the country for a few years now, it's one of those names that you hear a lot of because uh, aside from being an MMA referee fighter back in the day, he was also, a, um, he's also quite uh, competitive in jiu-jitsu and he's very prominent in that uh, domain. He has a certain event uh, every year, except for this year, which he hosts Arte Suave. Um, he's very active with Team Deftac, active in training guys. So, yeah, uh, today we're going to talk to him about He's been around for a while, so we're going to talk to him about uh, old-school Philippine MMA and how it's evolved through the years, so this should be pretty fun. So joining us tonight is uh, BJJ Black Belt, referee, podcast host, fight coach, Mr. Franco Rulioda. Coach Franco, thanks for joining us. What's up, what's up, everybody? Uh, thank you for having me here, and uh, I mean, I'm very, very excited to, to like, I mean, I, I, this is a very good format. This is a very good show. And uh, I really hope I bring value to your audiences. All right. Thank you, Gosh. All right. So mm. to start things off, tell us how you got started in combat sports. Okay. Um, I started, I, I'm, I'm an athletic nut. And then I'm a martial arts addict. So the first thing that I got introduced to was striking. So... Uh, contrary to what people believe, yeah, yeah, the, like the er, the the the, er, the the late coaches, whenever I joined tournaments or whenever I fought MMA, they all thought I was just a grappler. And then they suddenly realized na I could strike pala, because only a few people know na my base talaga was striking. So I learned boxing probably age seven, seven or eight, yeah, and then um. Elementary high school, I would dabble into it sparingly because I would dwell into I, I, I dove into other sports. So I tried everything that I could try from Shempre, Pinoy's basketball. And then um, that really carried over until my college days. I played for my college team. And then um, after college, uh, I suddenly realized that, okay, I could. I could really, I could really have more time doing this. Saktoren during my college years, I chanced upon this this very charismatic uh, person. His name is Alvin Aguilar. Little did I know, na mabubudul niya ako magtry magjujitsu. And then um, prior to that, kasi I was also part of this group. It's called Sarian. So it's a very old uh, Filipino martial art. Sarian is called Sariling Pamamaraan. Alvin is also a senior instructor of Sarian, pero I I joined that group from different coaches. Uh, it was Sir Bob, uh, uh, Miko Villaflores, and then uh, see I forgot the other guy's name. I'm super bad with names, okay? I'm sorry, guys. So I'm super bad with names. 
So, yun, um, there were my training partners, there were my coaches, and then I've only heard stories about Alvin. And then uh, one thing led to another, as fate would put it, I would meet Alvin, and then he would uh, really, really edge. We would swap stories about martial arts and combat, fighting in general. So we would, we, we discussed a lot of things about, uh, the thing about Al, what endeared me to Alvin was, uh, he wanted to make sure that theory would match reality. If there's one thing that I got sold into what Alvin was teaching, it was always, you should be able to test theory with reality. Another mentor that I was very proud of being introduced to was Sixto Carlos. Dr. Sixto Carlos is mm. a veterinary by profession, pero he is probably the Wikipedia of weapons training and hand-to-hand -hand combat training, probably in Southeast Asia or Asia. As in, special forces people from different countries will go visit the Philippines just to be trained by him. And he's very low-key. You know, you know, he's also, I'm very happy that he's a, he, siguro, due to age na rin, and I guested him on my podcast, and he had a very good experience with that uh, interview, that conversation. Uh, he now has his own podcast, so it's also on YouTube. Uh, the name of the channel is FMA Bandits. Which is like, uh, we are, it's me, Doc Sixto, Alfred Dialogo, and Dax Cordero. So, you naman meta discussion about hand to hand combat and weapons training and its effectiveness in real life situations. Um, it's a very small world. I re then I got introduced to Alvin, and then turns out Sixto and Alvin were training partners way, way before pa. Everything just came full circle. And then, um, after college, uh, I, I had work. Then I got fucking fat. And then I like fell all, off the rails. We all do. Yeah, <laughs> fell off the rails. I blew up to about 185 pounds. And then um, 2008, 2008, uh, saw Alvin at a party. Got really mad at me. I said, "Kau, Jason, okay? Kau, si ano, si si, di ba? Ato yon si Chief. Pag ano, di ba? Pag serious siya, serious siya, di ba? Yeah. So sabi yata talaga si Benato kanya. I said, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you this fat? I mean, you're a fat fuck." I mean, cakasi siguro kasi nakatayechura ko. I was like, I was drinking a lot. Then, wala, wala talagang I had, I just had. It was a different point in my life. Then he said, "Here's what." Come here. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna open a gym, and then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go. But tagal ng plano yan. Then it turns out to pala. Then I went. It was a uh, Bamps opening BMF. So that's a uh, Deftax uh, headquarters in Supat. Then I said, this is gonna be our gym. There's no, no one's gonna kick us out here. Uh, we have our own mat space. We have our own training facility. Then I go like, okay. Then I went to the opening, and then I saw, okay, wow. It's 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 real. And then um, went through a period of self-doubt and then I realized, can I still do it? Am I still capable of doing this? I'm gonna be smashed, nakakahiya. I think it's, it's that factor I went through that phase, nakakahiya eh. So, training muna ako in secret, yan, buat-buat, papayat. Um, and then I went back and what I failed, uh, what, yung parang, it's my misconception. I thought that people would like, feel different or they'd say na 
tagal mo na wala, ano yan, bigla kang babalik. Then, it was a total opposite when I came back. People were very welcoming and they said, okay, finally, puti naman, naisipan mo nang bumalik, ganyan, ganyan, ganyan. I think that was a very monumental year for me. 2007, 2008, I started getting back in shape. I was making healthier choices. I was still living my life. Oh, I was still living my life. Um, I, I enjoyed as much as I can. Pero yun nga, I had, I had more discipline, kumbaga. I had more discipline. I had more consistency. I fell in love with, or kumbaga, hindi nga fell in love again. Eh. I, I realized what I missed. And then that's when everything panned out for me. I said, okay, I'm going to train as much as I can and I'll compete in every tournament that I can. So from 2007 until 2012 or 13, um, I would compete in boxing, in kickboxing, in Muay Thai tournaments, in wrestling tournaments, in jiu-jitsu, and in MMA. So my calendar years, right, my calendar years revolved around those tournaments. So... I'll, I'll fight the boxing after a month of jiu-jitsu tournament. Especially during that time, bilang na bilang ko na. There'd be international open, national open, pan-Asians, uh, yung white, all-white, hindi, wala pang all-white belt tournament noon. Tapos, dalawang roll palusa. Pag ginanahan sila, tatlong roll palusa. And then, on top of that, sigurado, merong dalawa or tatlong UKC. Tapos, I also, tas sakto yan, merong isang local promotion na nagpapa, parang they were coordinating with Muay Thai Association of the Philippines. So, sigurado may isa yan every year. Pag sinuerte, dalawa. So, yun. That, that, was, that was the calendar. So, I'd be competing every other month or every month. So, that was, that was my life. And then, um, afterwards, 2012, that was my last amateur MMA fight. Alvin I don't want I don't want to hear stories of you joining these amateur MMA tournaments and beating up everybody if you want to fight MMA fight in the URCC now other than that you're not gonna fight in MMA. I okay <laughs> okay yes chief but <laughs> I had a day job I had a day job this is this is something that people were I I nagulat ako eh. uh I think this is probably the first time that so I'll say this in your show. Like this is like probably an exclusive on your show. People actually thought that I was doing this thing full time. Okay, I had a day job. Hey, surprise, motherfuckers! <laughs> I had a day job. Okay, I had a day job. I was working for a corporation. Now that probably answers the reason why I didn't fight professionally because I had a career. I had a, I was a finance guy for a bank. For an international banking company. So, syempre, inisip ko naman, like, one professional MMA fight versus, like, my entire corporate career. Parang, kasi bawal siya eh. Actually, bawal nga ginagawa ko dati. Tinatago ko lang eh. We'll get to that story later on para nalaman ng opisina ko if you want to. Um, so, everything was on the download and okay. Uh, so, I had a day job. So, I would train. Ah, sorry. I would work and then train. Then later on in my career, that's probably 2012 or 13, I started teaching. Started teaching classes. This was sparingly. Coaching fell into my lap. Parang I was like the sub-teacher pag wala si Alvin because Alvin was very, very busy with URCC, handling fighters. He was taking over WAP. He was taking over uh, several programs. So he needed extra teachers. So I filled in the spot because I wanted to help him. I wanted to help the team. 
And then wala na nagtuloy-tuloy na. Um later on I would I would uh help coach uh the the comp- competition team of Deftac and then I would train I would I would train and coach the amateur and the pro MMA program fighters and I mean that's what I've been doing through the years up until now. On top of that I mga 2013 then I stopped joining striking tournaments. I concentrated on coaching and uh uh jiu-jitsu tournaments na lang. Ako naman I think joining tournaments was my way of helping the community grow and it was also my journey. My for personal reasons naman it's just me trying and doing my best to test my abilities against other people. So that's about I mean that that sums about it. The, the entirety of, of my martial arts journey because it's still ongoing and I, I'm very happy with with how things are uh, especially the growth of jiu-jitsu oh, my main focus was just really um, see MMA because it's easier to sell MMA it's harder to sell jiu-jitsu so my goal was to was to tell people and like oh I'm using my own platforms and my own channels to promote jiu-jitsu and the benefits of it. Because I want to reach a point wherein Jason goes out of his room, crosses the street, and then when he randomly asks some chick, hey, do you know what jiu-jitsu is? Her answer will be yes. That's my goal. I tried that in my single days. It didn't work. Eh. <laughs> Dapat kasi, sinabi mo muna, uh, ang guwapo ko, no? Ang <laughs> guwapo ko, no? Ang guwapo Ayun, that's it. Um, uh, other than that, I'm a professional MMA referee. Siguro mga tatlo o apat lang kami sa Pilipinas na magaling. And then, uh, so that's another side project that we want to do together with Coach Rosenberg and um, Professor Joey. We want to cultivate uh, a culture of, of high-level referees. Because hindi naman pwedeng laging kami na lang. Kailangan you have, you have to pass on that knowledge. You have to share it. You have to make other people benefit from it. And then, of course, I have uh, worked with different uh, MMA promotions when it comes to their officiating, uh, refereeing, uh, organizing. Ayun. plenty of stories there. So, okay, guys. Uh, Oh, what do you want? What do you guys want to know? <laughs> uh, what was training like in those days, Coach? Uh, was it much different to how you guys train now? Very much, very much. I was probably the last or second to the last batch of students that really saw the difference and the evolution of training methodologies. Dati talaga. and it's no fault to the coaches. It's no fault to the seniors of my team and Alvin. Because wala eh, limited yung information. They didn't have the internet back then. Uh, resources were very limited. Uh, you can just imagine people were still relying on books, magazines. Diba? I don't know. Ano, diba? Gracie Mag. Diba? Black Belt Magazine. Grappling Magazine. Diba? Grappling Magazines. Diba? So yeah. resources were very limited. You'd still go to... still People, people go to Squadron. Uh, I don't know if you know Squadron. That's a that's a that's a very small shop in Green Hills with bootleg uh, mm, Pride and UFC. Ayon, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, then there was a another really small uh, what do you call this? A really small shop that did the same. 
Hindi ko alam kung bakit hindi yun sumikat eh. Pero there was one near Kalayaan, near Rockwell. Merong maliit na shop doon. Oh, yun din, din, din. Like, PSR. Under the bridge. Papas- yes! So, yeah, diba? Kaya magtataka ka, parang I'm like, bakit yung dito? But, then of course, there's K1. K1 really thrived in in doing these things. Uh, hi, Professor Jaime uh, Sin just really uh, saw how the market evolved and then he he was able to go with the times. Tapos, uh, again, these are, you just imagine. So everything that I just enumerated, you really have to go to these places. So this is in Ortigas, San Juan, Makati. So if you're a guy or you're a martial arts nut, especially if you're a jiu-jitsu practitioner or you want to learn MMA, yun lang choices mo. And then the internet exploded. Uh, information was suddenly here with the click of a button. And then several training methodologies are there already. So I mean, going back to your question, a lot of it was very, very Spartan-like training. Kasi naabutan ko yung... Banff is a very, very different gym compared to how it was before. There was no shower room. It was just, it was just a place where people would grind. And then there were days we would, exp- I mean, Alvin would experiment with us. He would say like, okay, let's train 11, 11 a.m. Just imagine how much it is to 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Na training. Yeah. Uh, it's like, but let's see. Uh, it, it wasn't good, but I can't say that it was all that bad because it made all of us tough. It made all of us tough. I mean, if you could, if you could stand, if you could withstand an 11 a.m. to 2:30 p.m. of training inside an oven, you can withstand anything. As in, your mental toughness is there. Kaya ganon ka inet yung training. If we would compete in Mall of Asia and our bracket was like 12:30, everyone was dehydrated, everyone was exhausted. Kami, we were fine. Kasi nasanay kami, nasanay kami. Diba? Hmm. I mean, you guys, have you ever competed? Diba? Yung mga big tournaments, diba? Si, si BJJFP tournaments, mowa yan. Diba? Yeah. Open it. Iba ang, this is what I tell people. It's different training in a gym wherein there's an aircon or there's an electric fan versus you go out there compete yeah. na open air. Tapos, factor yung seaside area. Factor yung init at humidity. You you're sitting down, but you you're gonna be dehydrated. You're sitting down waiting for your brackets to be called, pero you're getting tired. So because it's a totally different experience. So it it, it those things really helped us a lot. And then there were times na Alvin would like uh, little to no water breaks. And then it's like it's probably one of those things you see in the movies. Uh, Pichon would be very strict. Uh, we would. Uh, we would do sit-ups and he would sometimes jump on our stomachs while doing sit-ups. It's very Spartan, uh, no, it's very old school. Because one thing you have to understand, uh, Def Talk in the old days, trained, fight, trained students or trained fighters to be fighters. Not competitors. Wala pa masyadong, I mean, competing was like something you do on the side. The whole idea of DevTech back then was to train people to become street, like like sur- street survival people. 
Diba? It's like, yung pag napaaway ka sa kalye, alam mong kaya mo talagang tapusin yung tao. As in, that was the methodology and that was the, that was the culture that was being cultivated. And then, I think a lot of the mystique behind the team was, and it's very true, ako, I'm very open about it. Even I went through the same process. When, when, I, when I was starting, people would go to the gym, we'd make them quit. So it would hurt them. So, sabi ko, sabi, when people ask me about ito ba yung story, sabi ko, totoo lahat yan. <laughs> para tapos na. Para tapos na. Diba? Totoo lahat yan. Kasi ito yun eh. Uh, training would always, uh, uh, this is something I learned later on din naman. Uh, training will always find a way of filtering people out. And then, during that time, syempre the landscape back then was totally different from the landscape now. Back then, There were a lot of underground, underground the away. Pero hindi siya, it, it's putting things lightly. Hindi siya underground the away. Away siya period. It was our group versus another group versus another group versus another group. When you see each other outside, when you see each other in a bar, high, very high chances of getting into a brawl or getting into a fight. Ganun siya. Kasi nobody, no, konti lang sa amin yung gikimik mag-isa. It'll always be in groups. Just to be safe, that was the landscape of the local martial arts scene before. This is um, this is something that not, not that a lot of people don't know. Now the martial arts the martial arts scene culture in the Philippines is deeply rooted in violence, right? Um, na bar brawls, uh, stabbings, nagbarilan, nag 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 rambulan sa ano, That's where the stories are, and that's where the urban legends and the myths come come out of. So, ano siya? Uh, ako, when people ask me, I'll just say, oh, nangyari yan. Yung mga hindi nangyari, ano yan? Hindi yan totoo. Medyo exaggerated version of the truth na yan. Pero, that's about it. That's the landscape. So, the training was was created in order to survive a street fight. Then, um, syempre, It's very clannish. Oh, when when people ask me if is de- why is Defta clannish, I think it's clannish because it's clannish, and it survived the years because it was clannish. I mean, people would say na para kami mafia, para kami fraternity, para yeah. I mean, it's, the structure is like that, pero it serves its purpose. It helps filter people out. If you're not, if you if ito lang yun eh. Uh, the real people who want to stay will stay. And the people that who, who don't believe in the same concepts or don't believe in the same practices, you're feel, you feel free to get out. Right? But at least the structure and the culture allowed for the team to survive. I mean, they have talks like 26, 27 plus years. So name me another team that has the same number of existence. So, kumbaga, there's a reason behind that, ano, there's a reason behind that culture. And it's not all bad. I mean, contrary to popular belief, it, it's not all that bad. Kasi hindi naman siya mag-expand, hindi naman siya dadami, hindi naman, hindi naman dadaming enrollees kung if, it's, if it was all bad. It's just that, wala eh, we're, definitely as a, as a culture, kahit si Alvin, You always say, just be real. I mean, you don't have to pretend to be someone you're not. Um, martial arts is all about self-expression and, and allowing yourself to be who you are, the best version of yourself. So, ako, feeling ko, we're like, 
we're like the antithesis of the jiu-jitsu lifestyle kasi puro kami kain, puro kami lamon, puro kami party. Pero, yun nga. Uh, that comes with a huge responsibility as well na when it's training time, wala. When it's training time, it's training time. When, when you're being asked to do this, this X number of reps, you have to do more. You're expected to do more. When they say five sets, Alvin means 10. When Alvin says do 15 reps, you, he means you do 25. Ganon. So that was the culture that was built through the years. So uh, it was a good mix. I don't even know how and why it works, but it works. Uh, we've, we've, we've had a lot of students who, who accomplished so many things. Nga, more than more than my own accomplishments now na naiisip ko na lang na my biggest accomplishments in life or as a coach was helping other people win i mean i could i couldn't care less about my achievements kasi mas masarap pala yung feeling na you're helping other people achieve their goals you're helping other people win and some more often than not that victory more means more to them kasi you don't know what they apparently they've been struggling with something tapos that experience just alleviated them from, from the trauma or, or the stress that they're feeling. So, ano siya? Um, I'm very happy rin naman na mas methodical na ngayon. Uh, there's a more structure. There's more structure. Uh, a lot more science. Okay? Medyo nabawasan na yung mga bro science ngayon, especially when it comes to cutting weight and recovery. Um... Uh, it has more standard. The, the standardization of a curriculum is there. I think a lot of the schools in the country are doing that as well. And I'm very, very happy about it. Because you have to go with the times. You have to advance and evolve as well. Because how are we going to grow the sport? How are we going to spread the martial art if we cannot explain it in a very structural manner? Diba? Kayo, you, you, I really hope you guys continue with your journey and you're going to become good coaches. The mere fact that you're doing this is a clear indication that you are going to be coaches later on. So it's easier to explain something to someone who has zero knowledge kung meron kayong structure na nasusundan. Dati kasi when you say, what is jiu-jitsu? Nagiging, kahit ako, I would find myself sounding stupid na it's grappling or... Um, it's ground fighting, eh? Even that word, eh? Diba? Ground fighting. When people say, "What is ground fighting?" It it, it kind of gives you more. Oh, no, what is ground fighting? Versus now, when people ask me, "What is jujitsu?" I always tell them, "Now, now, it's a martial arts that is based on leverage. Uh, it help. It forces you to learn the concept of how your body moves and the biomechanical forces ng katawan mo is gonna allow you to isolate your opponent's limb or." isolate a particular part of their body and then you snap or make them go to sleep. So ngayon, parang medyo mas professional sounding ka ngayon. <laughs> so, diba? So, ayun. I mean, hopefully, things get better and then uh, we find more ways of, of spreading the benefits of the martial arts. And uh, ako naman kasi, ang ginagawa ko naman on my platform is doing the same thing and at this, uh, ngayon, Parang na ano na eh, nagiging, nagiging mythbuster ako tuloy. I've been receiving a lot of questions about what, how does it compare to so-and-so martial arts? Is so-and-so uh, defense system 
uh, legit, okay ba yung ganito in an actual, so parang nagiging ganun eh, nagiging ganun. And, and I'm very thankful that I've learned and I'm practicing jiu-jitsu kasi it allows me to explain these things in a very fair and um, in a very fair and objective manner. Hindi dahil I want to diss this combat system or this martial art, pero I, I, it comes from a it comes from a factual perspective. So, ayun, I hope I answered the question. I'm, I'm sorry, blabbering a lot ako eh, pero I, I hope I answered your question. Talking about myth busting, um, I was recently rewatching your video where you were analyzing the training of God, I forgot the guy's name. The guy, yung police pato. Si, an- oh, si, ano ba to? Si Pedroche ba to? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Alam mo, this is like, um, that was my early take on doing, the reason why Coach Franco breakdowns happened was because I had a rule. I had a personal rule. If, if people would send me three to five queries about a certain topic, I'd do it. Ginawa ko pang five eh. Kasi iniisip ko pag five, hindi umabot ng five eh. Okay, I have an excuse not to do it. Kasi it's gonna be the first time I'm gonna do it and it's gonna be the first time I'm gonna break down something. Tapos, ah, syempre I'm gonna risk the fact na people will 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 have a different opinion. Eh, ito pare, biglang sampu yung nag-message. Coach, paki-breakdown to. Coach, these are different videos pero it's of the same guy. Yeah. Okay. So I go like, wala na, okay. Kinain ko yung sarili kong mga salita, I ate my own words, and then I went down, okay. That was my first take talaga, as in that whole video series. I didn't really know how to edit a video. I didn't know how, nagpaturo pa ako sa girlfriend ko how to do it. But it was fun. It was it was fun to do. And I realized na I was able to do it in a very, natawa ako, ang dami kong tawa, pero at least I was able to educate people. And then I got messages from from audiences na who commented on the video and messaged me privately that they were they, they found it funny but they also found it very very informative the thing about pedroche pedroche is a trachma guy okay trachma means trubador ramos consolidated martial arts it's an okay, old trubador. fight team right yes yes uh trachma uh used to be one of those really old <laughs> sorry filipino martial arts teams mm-hmm. The, of course, their proponent, their, their founder is Trubador Ramos. Trubador Ramos' uh, claim to fame was beating Bruce Lee in a sparring match. Okay. So they blew up the story. Siyempre, this was like 80s, early 90s. I think this is probably... So siyempre, Bruce Lee was huge. And then here comes this guy who told the papers na wala namang internet noon, wala namang Facebook noon. There, there was no way to verify it. He said, I beat Bruce Lee. And then turns out everyone, uh, media, created this, this story and this narrative that he beat Bruce Lee in a fight. But through the years, it turned out he was sparring with Bruce Lee. He was sparring with Bruce Lee and he was able to beat Bruce Lee. And then he said, I beat Bruce Lee using trachma. But you also have to understand the context of the era. This was like, uh, so during the 70s, 80s, 90s, people were still learning lineal martial arts or, or as, uh, kung fu ka, kung fu ka lang. The reason why Bruce Lee was very popular was because he was doing several martial arts and, 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 and he was able to collate everything into one system. Hence the creation of Jeet Kune Do. 
So he wasn't just training Chinese Kung Fu. He wasn't just training Wing Chun or, or, or Western boxing or, or some sort of kicking system. He was training a lot of things and bringing them together. So this is like your modern day open mats or modern day exchange of ideas. Okay? This is your modern day exchange of ideas. So this was what happened back then. They were exchanging ideas. They went into a sparring session. Here comes, ako, I mean, Trobador Ramos. Here comes Trobador Ramos. Having the, he knew that Bruce Lee was probably popular. They had the snapshot. They only had one photo together, one or two photos together. Uh, then he just told people, unexpiring kami, tinalo ko si Bruce Lee. And then one guy heard it, then another guy heard it, then another guy heard it. Then this whole story came na, na tinalo nito si Bruce Lee. He was, if you look into, there are a lot of YouTube videos out there explaining the entire thing. Pero if you do your research and you look at the context of the time frame and the narrative and the way things happened, it was a sparring session. And I don't think there's a winner and a loser in a sparring session. Yeah. Okay? Because there was no tournament. It wasn't a sanctioned event. It wasn't... Um, it wasn't, uh, there was no, there were no witnesses. There was no coverage. So, diba? it was a bold claim. And I don't think Bruce Lee gave two shits about a Trubador Ramos and say na, na okay, you, I'm in Hong Kong or I'm in the United States. Here comes this Pinoy. <laughs> but again, he, to, to Trubador Ramos' credit, he milked, he milked the shit out of it. Diba? He was he became very, very popular. The school uh, became very popular. They had a lot of students. Kaso nga lang, uh, fast forward. Here comes the URCC. Uh, URCC 1 or 2, there were like 8 trachma <laughs> na, na 8 trachma entries. Was, the URCC was very thankful na they, they participated. Um, they even said na during that time, may, ano yun eh, may coaches meeting yan eh. Talaga sinasabi nila, gusto pa raw nila, yung mga kalaban daw nila, dapat may suot na helmet kasi baka raw mamatay sila. Oh. So yung mukha ni Alvin, parang, uh, hindi, hindi po tayo mag-helmet dito. <laughs> Tapos, uh, unfortunately, all their entries got knocked out or submitted or well, a bug bug. So they were exposed to the public. They were exposed to themselves. So uh, they didn't join for a couple of years, and then parang UICC eight or nine. I think merong isa or dalawang trachma entries na ano. I don't know where trachma is now, pero what I heard, what I know is like sa ibang bansa they're still operating, pero sa Philippines. Parang they're trying to get back into the groove of things. They're trying to uh, be, be known in the scene again. Kasi, uh, bigla na lang ano eh. Bigla nagkaroon ng Facebook debate yan about Trachma and people will message me na Trachma daw sila. So parang ako, okay, boy pa pala kayo. Sabi ko, may, may Trachma pa pala sa Pilipinas. So again, one of the ano is that si Pedroche. Si Pedroche naman, he, he probably trained in Arnis. He said he trained in Karate. Pero again, we're seeing the same thing. Eh. We're seeing the same pattern. Parang X number world champion in Karate. Parang dami ko naman nakilalang Karate world champions. Hindi sila ganyang gumalaw. Um, 
And then, para sa kanya, big deal na yung swimming of the hands, getting an underhook is a huge lesson, a secret lesson na raw. Parang ako, what? <laughs> uh, and ako naman kasi, siguro it was his lack of, of siguro inisip niya, that's the problem with uh, people people from their generation eh. Once they reach their black belt, akala nila yun na yun eh. Diba? Akala nila, that's it. I, I'm, I'm the shit now. I'm the black belt. I'm the authority. They never really got to evolve their craft. And then, uh, now, he probably had the right amount of connections. Kasi, he's running a security agency. He's training security guards. Nanakahubad. Nanakahubad. Na, nakita mo rin naman yung training facility nila, di ba? Tapos, yeah. yung mga combinations niya, nakakatawa talaga. Parang from a striking coach's perspective, these are very, very useless combinations. Um, and when I found out na he was a trackma guy, that's when I saw the patterns. Oh nga no, trackma yung mga yun ah. Saan ko trackma na, na sequences yun ah? Um... Ito yun eh. Do not, it's, the, his methods are very laughable. Pero you have to commend him in the sense na pinagkakakitaan niya yun. That's true. Pinagkakakitaan niya yun. If you look at his website, I don't know how updated his website is, pero he, he hustled for it. I mean, I'm gonna give him props for that. He hustled for it. He found the right connections. He, he was able to, to create relationships with law enforcement officials. Kasi he created a security guard certification school na if you train under him and you get certified by him, it's gonna help you. Eh, parang street, added street cred siya for people who want to be security guards. Kumbaga, parang siyang accreditation na certificate. So, he charges people, yun lang medyo na ano ko, na parang Parang sayang naman yung binabayad nito mga to kasi he charges like 16 to 18,000 pesos per participant. Tapos ang training is every Saturday lang. So you divide that amount by four kasi four weekends lang and then there's a culminating activity na if you look at one of his videos, di ba? Doon rin makikita na he has police connections kasi nakita mo may mga may gesha doon na ano, na na police. So yun yung probably connect niya para magbigay ng certificates niya and to create credibility for for his name and and the the, the curriculum that he's that he's selling nakakatawa nga lang na nakakatawa siya for us because we understand combat sports because we understand martial arts the reason why i created sorry two videos about it is because nakakatakot yung tinuturo niya you're giving these people this false sense of hope that they can that they can disarm this person with a knife, that you can disarm this person with a gun, that you can protect people who are being attacked with your system. Yun yung nakakatakot. Diba? Kasi now, when that, when that thing actually happens, people are gonna freeze. People are gonna be afraid. People will realize na lahat pala nung natutunan ko does not work. And it's going to cost me my life. It's going to cost the lives of the people I'm supposed to protect. I think more than anything, yun yung pinaka-concern ko. I, I was laughing my ass off during the review. I'll probably make a few ones kasi meron pa rin nagtatanong at meron pa rin like they want a more detailed breakdown. Pero 
the way I see it is nakakatakot yung ginagawa niya kasi you're giving people this false sense of hope na they're they're gonna be protectors or they're gonna be they're gonna be prepared they're gonna be ready when that time comes pero the way you're teaching these people eh sobrang kulang hindi siya mali pero sobrang kulang sobrang outdated especially the ones we're in he fended off 50 knife attackers I mean, how oh, yeah. stupid can you get how idiotic diba it clearly show it clearly tells you the a level of information that he has when it comes to weapons training ako nga isang knife attacker nga lang takot na ako eh kasi i've seen how a real knife attack works i know how a knife i've been i've been trained how to use a knife so now i have a higher level of respect when it comes to to dealing with knives tapos ikaw you're gonna you're gonna show off na you're fending of 50 talagang binilang niya pa diba 52 mm. knife yeah. attack and then sobrang bobo nung mga pinagagawa niya parang feeling steven seagal siya doon it's the steven seagal syndrome so i was like wow this and and ito yun these people actually believe him that's the sad part. These mm. people actually believe him. So, ayun. Uh, what else? He was also, now he's also, he's also providing private, uh, private security for VIP. So I was like, wow. Patay ang VIP Sigurado ako. Patay ang VIP There are a lot of combatives and combat systems that are really good in the country. Um... Siguro rin, a lot of uh, a huge reason why I I like combatives is because of the influence ni Alvin and Doctor Sixto Carlos in my life. Because learning martial arts is just one facet of combat. Eh. So that's your hand to hand and unarmed combat. There's so many beautiful things about armed combat as well. So it's your knife, it's your gun, it's your short and long blades. Diba? Sa Pilipinas, of course, it's armies. So yun. Ayun. So, ano, ano, ano pa, si Pedroche, what, who else do you want to know? So, let's go back to MMA. <laughs> okay, MMA. No, parang you were there during the URCC University days, ah. Yes. What was that like? Or what was that experience like considering you were still just exactly college students and then... Yep, yep. I think, I think there's, there's, a, there's a huge part of me that, that still tells Alvin uh, you know what? Me market eh. You just have to pack, you just have to figure out how to package it properly. Because most, if not all, the university challenges are are a huge hit, diba? And it's also a very good platform to encourage people. So you're not only promoting MMA. You're not all. You're not only increasing awareness about MMA. You're also promoting schools. You're also promoting the martial arts schools in the country, and you're catering to the younger generation. Because your younger generation will be the people who will be working. They'll be the one who will have the buying or the purchasing power in the future. So, kumbaga, your lady, it's a, it's, a, it's a good grassroots program, both for athletes and for fans. Diba? So, may continuity program ka. I just don't know why it's not being continued. I, I don't know. Ang problema rin kasi, there, there are so many problems socially, economically, and financially when it comes to the MMA scene and the entire landscape of the Philippines. Eh. Um, being there was such an amazing thing. As in, you'd have, your, you'd have your old URCC MMA fans 
but you'd also see a lot of students because they're 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 supporting their friends. That's the thing, eh? Someone's fighting, so he's gonna bring his family. He's gonna bring his friends. He's gonna bring his posse. He's gonna bring his troops. He's gonna bring his school. That's the beautiful thing about the university challenge, and they produced a lot of really good fighters that transitioned to pro MMA. Kait naman yung iba, you don't have to go pro, eh, diba? It's just that if you're training in MM in martial arts, you're training in taekwondo, in karate, if you're training in jiu-jitsu or judo, diba? You want to find out, okay, this is, will this thing work in real life? Or ano bang, how does it feel to be in an actual cage fight? Diba? Might as well join this. Feeling ko, the main challenge of that is, especially in this landscape, ah, in this landscape, Ito na napapansin ko with, with, with the generation of today. We're going to talk about 2020, 2021. Everybody likes to talk. Nobody likes to back up their words. Nobody wants to walk the walk. Everyone's going to say, we're in the age of keyboard warriors, eh? Diba? We're in the age, we're at the age where people can talk smack and not be accountable for it. Kasi they're, they're in front of a screen. Diba? We're, we this is fairly new to us because we we train jiu-jitsu we train martial arts on a daily basis so we deal with reality on a daily basis whereas your couch potato keyboard warrior sees something that he doesn't parang he doesn't understand or he doesn't believe in sulat na yan eh kupal ka eh pangit mo eh baboy ka diba o dilawan ka o dds ka te diba diba they, these are the people these are the and and I'm not speaking and I'm speaking in general na to, ah. A lot of people in this generation, mouth of words on social media or mouth of words using their phones because they haven't been punched in the face. Because if you're if you, you say something shitty, you get punched in the face for it. Now you realize the harsh reality. Now you have to be accountable for your words. You have to be accountable for your actions. Yun yung nawawala ngayon with the popularity and proliferation of social media. We are not held accountable for the things that we that we post. We are not held accountable for the statements that we release. Na, just because galit ka or you're blindly following these things, parang it's easy for you to mouth off words. Diba? And tapos, there's that... that I, I find it very, very laughable. Yung mga dadaldal ka, tapos pag, pag naghamunan na, bigla sasabihin, ay hindi, bakit kailangan maging ganyan? Bakit kailangan maging violente? I'm like, ulul. <laughs> it's not being violent. It's it's actually asking you, diba, how how far are you willing to fight for your convictions? Diba? It's, it's a clear, yeah, yung mga, uh, I see that a lot. Ako, I'm not, uh, I'm a marketing and branding guy for, 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 that's my that's like my job and then I see the behavior of people and then I see them okay wala talaga. we're at a generation wherein people will just say a lot of shit but they won't back it up I mean that's the world we live in so kung may URCC University challenge ngayon I don't know kung sino sasali kasi wala eh daming duwag ngayon eh I mean real talk lang tayo ang daming duwag ngayon sa totoo lang ito ka Facebook Diba? You're, you'll, comment, you'll comment on some social media page tapos people will converse with you and then if they don't agree with you, aawayin ka na. Pero pag hinama mo ng suntukan, wala na, hindi ka lalabanan yan. Yun yung problema with society ngayon. Eh. 
It's not that you're being violent. It's just that you've reached the point where in we 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 are not yun nga, like what I said earlier, we're not we're not accountable anymore. Diba? We're not accountable. We can always say things we don't mean. And it's not just about fighting, eh. Your your the entire landscape of, of social interaction, diba? to the point that a lot of people think that social media is reality. Ako napapansin ko yun, eh. A lot of the guys in the Philippines, na lang, let's, let's narrow it down to the Philippines, a lot of the jiu-jitsu and MMA guys I know, they couldn't care less about what people or what they see on social media because they know what matters most. They know who their friends are. They know who their family is. They have a deep relationship with their teammates, their coaches, their family, their friends na they won't really participate in, in these things. And then if one person gives a shitty comment about them, sobrang I'm very, very thankful that people in our community are not like that. So, so, I hope they bring it back. I hope they bring it back. And when they bring it back, I really hope that people will join. Because, if you think guys, whoever's going to watch this, pang street cred and pang bragging rights. What's that? I'm going to say this. If I say I'm going to do, I'm going to F you up, I'm going to F you up. I can back it up. Like what's happening now? Uh, there's gonna be a URCC in December. Okay. Mm, okay. It was it was supposedly these two flip top guys, flip top rappers. Oh, okay. Si Badang chaka si Damsa. I, I mean, I love flip top. I'm 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 a fan of the movement. I've watched the early ones. I've met and I'm friends with the early adopters and the early movers and shakers of flip top. Hindi ko na siya masyadong na susubaybayan ngayon. So again, they had beef. Send real beef to us. Away sila. So translated to social media, their fans went at it. And then beef got really, really real. They wanted to fight. I said, gusto nila magsuntukan. So okay. Then uh, an organizing committee said, hey, merong fight promotion. Yung nag-host nung kay Baron tsaka kay Kiko. Baka gusto niyo maglaban dun. So they pitched it to the URCC. URCC said, of course. Why wouldn't the URCC say no to a fight? So, okay. Then I got notified. And then they said, oh, this too. Then I go like, what? I go, what? They're all rappers too? I was like, these people. This is the time when you'd say, guys, stay in your lane. But I said, okay. And then it created the buzz. Then two, three weeks in, one of the guys, si Badang, backed out. I said, it's all on YouTube. Ah. Don't take my word for it. It's all on YouTube. He released a statement na, uh, I, I, I talked it out with my family. I'm a fighter. I'm like, what the hell? So taong to. Nagmura-mura ka. Naghamon-hamon ka. Tapos sabi mo, na, nasa Baguio ka ngayon, magte-training ka, tatap mo pa yung lakay. Tapos, tapos biglang ngayon. Diba? This is exactly what I said. Diba? You probably realized na, oh shit, I'm gonna be inside a cage. And I am going to fight another person. And siguro nag-sink in sa kanya yung reality na ganun. Na parang... 
and I have to be accountable for my actions. I can if I lose, I can't blame anybody. Yeah, kasi ako yun ni. Eh. So back out chat. It was the why it was ano, parang pa, gusto na rin daw niyan tumahimik, parang din daw sa pamilya niya. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was laughing when I saw that video. I was like, the truth settled in on this man and he found himself looking in the mirror and admitting to himself na I can't do this. Yun lang yun. So backed out. So of course it's a promotions nightmare when you're one of your main attractions backed out. So they were looking for a replacement. Then syempre, if you're an organizer, you're a promotion, they don't know anything about fighting or our world. So I go like Pano Nayan. So it has to be an entertainer versus entertainer. Good thing Kiko stepped up. Total, they need a bad guy. I can be the bad guy. So Kiko stepped up. So now it's gonna be Kiko Matos versus Damsa. For uh, it's a it's a pro pro am rule sila. So I just hope this this other guy now doesn't back out. Because <laughs> you know Kiko won't. He's been through. Yeah, he won't. Oh no man. Remember his fight against Billy Jack? That oh, the yeah. yeah. Very much, and then. Mm. And he, that, that that fight was not as in Kiko messed him up back. Ano pa yun na? Tawito ako. I gave props to that Billy Jack guy because well, I he mounted off and then he said upang kita, then he showed up. So that alone, he showed up. He he did everything. Did the press tour. He actually went inside the cage. Then sabi niya. Ibaro talaga experience, ibaro talaga after. So right after the after, right after their fight, nilapit ako siya, sabi ko, iilan lang yung mga taong tulad mo. So for that, I have to, I, gotta, I, I respect you for, for stepping up and, and doing the things that you say. Kasi sabi mo, you're gonna go to the Philippines or when you come back to the Philippines, you're gonna fight Kiko Matos kasi you don't agree with the things that he says. So he actually showed up. So yun yun. Sabi ko, for that alone, I mean, props to you, man. Pero yun nga, he was one of the people who realized na it's a totally different experience when you when you step inside the cage. Kasi, he thought he knew how to fight. That, that's the common, ano eh? That's the common mentality in the mindset of, of everyone, or probably every guy in the world. Yeah. They, they thought they knew how to fight. And he would post videos of himself training, lifting weights, doing mitts. I've, I've heard it before. Eh? Parang every guy thinks they're good at three things. Driving, sex, and fighting. Yes, <laughs> that is true. And then they realize that they suck at all things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, when, when this whole thing popped up and then I go like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Let's see. And then apparently this Damsa guy has like 50 plus amateur boxing fights now. So I was like, okay, now this is going to make everything interesting. So let's see how this goes. Sana matuloy. Ako, ang, prob- ang ano lang naman dyan, siguro ma-realize nyo, tangina, parang totoo na pala to. Ah. Parang, <laughs> yun lang naman yun eh. When people realize that shit's going to get real, then they, they, then they come into a certain conclusion whether they really want to do it or not. So, ayun, uh, Unif Challenge, I hope, I, I really hope na, no, it comes back. And 
sana may mag-step up ng mga tao kasi you know, di ba? I mean, you could definitely utilize social media to your advantage na, di ba? Lalo-lalo na ngayon, claim to fame na ng mga tao yung mga yan eh. So, uh, in view of uh, Unip Challenge, iba-iba naman eh. There are a lot of other promotions. There are a lot of really small promotions. The UKC, uh, this is in, this is an all-amateur tournament created by the Elordes. Okay, the Ultimate Knockout Challenge, that's yeah. starting to be a really good platform for amateurs. I see a lot of college students there. I see a lot of amateurs who want to turn pro, test their metal there. Another one is ESFC, Eastern East Side Fighting Championships. Yeah, um, people in the people in the Antipolo, Marikina, Cainta area, Ortigas, yeah. no, some northern, yeah. Ano yan eh, uh, they were able to create a community behind that, ESFC. Hmm. I hope I didn't murder the name, Eastside Fighting Championships. Yeah. So they've mounted several events. They have a very unique format kasi not only do they have MMA bouts, they, ha- they have kickboxing, they have arnis, they have... They have grappling super they fights grappling. They have grappling super fights as well. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, coach, so... going back to, ano, to URCC, you... Obviously, it's the longest-running MMA org in the Philippines now. Mm-hmm. You've been part of it for a long time. At what point did you see the transition between, you know, the and what they call the NHB days, the no holds bar days, when guys like Trachma would come in and say, mm. oh, "We can kill a guy with one punch." At what mm. point did it go from that to being something resembling modern mixed martial arts what we see today? I think it's the level of the fighters. Uh, the best answer to the question is how the fighters performed. Because it started off the way the UFC started. It was, gonna, it was art form versus art form. And then it became gym versus gym. Mm. From gym versus gym. So it's your sub-sports versus DevTac. Yawian Buhawi versus Yawian Ardigma. Uh, yung Trachma versus Hybrid Yawian. It, it became gym versus gym or team versus team. Now, the evolution of martial arts or MMA in general, people just realized that they were forced to learn this. Now, you have to have a striking component. You have to have a grappling component in your, ars- in your arsenal. So now, from gym versus gym, it now became a team component versus a team component. Now, it's an MMA fighter versus an MMA fighter. Of course, you're representing a team. Of course, you're representing an organization. But you're not just representing whatever system you're in. It's not, it's not a display of your system anymore. You are a representative of your school. You are a representative of your organization and what that organization's training program is. So you know, that day it was style versus style, form versus form. Now it's MMA fighter versus MMA fighter. Na. I think a good... Um, Siguro this probably happened mid-2000s na. When, when, when everyone had a certain level of knowledge in the grappling component. Kasi dati, if you watch the early MMA fights, not just the URCC, there are several other organizations. A lot of people would be good in the striking component. Tapos when it came to the ground, dun yung lull. Yeah. Nandun yung, nandun yung, nandun yung idle time. And, and, and it's for the simple reason that they didn't really know what to do. They were just mimicking what they saw on TV. And then they didn't really know how to transition. They didn't know what comes next. Well, what's my next move from here? How can I attack from here? 
So, doon nagkakaroon ng lull. And at the same time, yung evolution din ng audience, ako, another indicator would be audience reaction. Kasi dati, when people saw grappling, they would say, oh, yakapan, oh, nagmahali ka na yan, oh, ano ba yan? Naglalandian dyan sa cage, naglalandian doon sa sahig. Naku, sa sahig na naman. I, I hear this a lot. And then, when I see the audience react to a double leg takedown with applause or a, a cheer, that's when I know na, okay, now people have a better understanding of how is, what is happening. Diba? They, now, they now understand na, na there's actually a grappling component that comes with MMA. Yun. So that's how I see the evolution from the movement of the fighters and the reaction of the crowd. I remember before, like uh, watching one of the old URCC, Slapshot pa yung opening act, just to show oh, uh, oh. how long ago it was. Yes. As in, MMA would be like yung bagsakan ng mga boxers who couldn't get sanctioned by uh, Games mm. and Amusement Board anymore yep. for whatever reason. Parang, yep. then they'll say, ah, madali lang to. They'll do that and then, then oh. they'll lose. Yep. Kasi ito yan eh. Uh, I will echo that sentiment 100% wherein people, strikers, would have this mentality. Eh di huwag natin paabutin sa sahig. Pag pumasok sila, uppercut lang yan, tulog yan. I've heard that. Uh, I, I, diba? Yun yan. Uh, eh, diba? Ikaw, ikaw for sure, I mean, even even Stephen would would would, would have heard this tremendous, <laughs> tremendous amount. Diba? Tapos, if you're a wrestler, you're a judoka, you're an Aikido guy, you're ano, sabihin mo kagad, edi eh, huwag tayong magpatama ng suntok. Diba? Yeah. Dali natin, take down natin kagad, daling kagad natin sa sahig kasi hindi naman nila alam yan. So, these are two opposing diba, methodologies and ideologies of fighting na, we'll, we'll, na, na when you step inside the cage or ring pa dati ang URCC, when you step inside the ring, you realize na you're actually fighting a human being of which you cannot really calculate or you cannot really control the situation. Kasi you don't know what your opponent's gonna do. But you, can, you don't know their timing. You don't know how to react. i sorry. You don't know what they're gonna do. You will only react to what they give you. So having said that, hindi, hindi ganun kadali. Diba? So for example, like, let's take that boxers. I, 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 the favorite ko talaga, kaya hindi ko makalimutan. Sabi ko, Eh, baka, baka mag-grappling palaban mo. Ah, hindi, sir. Ah, huwag ka nalang magpahawak. Tapos, uppercut mo kagad. Eh, paano kung, paano kung ang kalaban mo, taga Wrestling Association of the Philippines? Sa so, tingin mo, mapipigilan mo yon <laughs> Di ba? And then, they step inside an MMA fight and then they were in for a rude awakening. Yun yun. So, ano siya? Ah... Uh, I think when we started getting exposed to the realities of fighting, that's when evolution started. Kasi you just can't rely on words anymore. Kasi nakikita na natin ngayon eh. There's, there's an actual video. There's an actual event. We actually saw it unfold right in front of us na hindi pala ganun kadali yung mga ganun sinasabi nila. Um, with the URC, when did you decide to become a referee? Okay, uh, tawag na, may, ano, may progression yan. So, I started out as a ring control. Mm. Ring control is yung naka, dun sa ring, yung nagtutulak ng ring para hindi mahulaglag yung fighters. Like the pride reps dati. Oh, yun. So, 
it was it was a uh, I wasn't really it was just for fun. I mean, it was a Saturday night na you you didn't know what you were going to do then here comes like front row seats to the best event in the Philippines. So I was like, wow, why not? Diba? Why not? Diba? Tapos you're going to get paid for it. I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> and then syempre, pagdating doon, from ring control, mapo-promote ka ngayon, fight marshal ka ngayon. So fight marshal kami ngayon. Sa amin, okay na yun eh. Kasi we got paid, we got free food, we got backstage passes. Tapos, you get front row seats to the best show in town. Diba? You get you, ha- you have access. Kumbaga. And then, uh, well, I, I, I just loved watching fights. I watched, I loved analyzing fights. And then I loved the strategies behind fighting. I think it was reinforced because I was teaching it as well. And then um, I there was no profound reason. It was just Professor Joe Lapitin and Professor Joe Lapinchai saying, "Oh, may event. Ano kailangan namin? So it was another MMA event. So punta kami. Pagdating ko don, kui kulang na referee. Then here comes Franco Alicarito, magreferee ka. <laughs> sabi ko, paano? Paano? Nasabi nila, sabi, alam mo na eh. Sabi nila, alam mo na. You were watching. Sabi, you were watching. You were watching. Uh, lahat ng tanong mo sa amin, yun yung pagre-referee. Kasi I was asking them a lot of questions. Like, parang, how do you, how do you know if the guys had enough? How would you know? Because uh, mostly the decision-making, my questions to them were based on decision-making talaga. Na parang, of course, submission, you tap. Pero yung, how do you know if the guys had enough? How do you know if a guy's in danger? How do you know na the guy's still safe? Well, how do you know when to stand them up? Uh, little did I know that these were the intricacies and the details of refereeing in real life. So they said, eh, kailangan tatlo yung referee. Sabi nila, hindi makakarating yung isa, may emergency. Sabi nito si Franco, marunong na yan. Marunong ako. Ha? Huh? <laughs> Nga Sabi niya, oh, lahat ng tinanong mo, pang referee lahat yun. So ito. Sabi ko, paano pag nagkamali? Huwag kang mag-alala, hindi ka magkakamali. Uh, I don't know what the hell were they thinking, pero well, I was that was probably my introduction to MMA refereeing, and then from there, yeah, na, tole na. Uh, it was an amateur fight, and then they said, "Oh, kita mo, kayang kayang man mampule." And then there was a person from Gab that said, "Ganon ka talaga ng referee." Then I said, "This is actually the first time." Oh, okay, marunong ka naman pala. Punta ka sa opisina, kuwak ang lisensya, kuwak ang exam. So I said. Seryoso ba ito? So I was like, ayun. Did it. Did it. That, that, that was my referee story. Nothing nothing extraordinary about it. Just just, just happened. What was one challenge you faced while refereeing na sobrang di mo na-expect? What? Deciding the fate of a fight. That was the, that's the main challenge of refereeing. Kasi coming from a fighter's perspective, now that responsibility comes to falls into my ano na, falls into my lap na, na at what point do i say okay you've had enough this is done tapos na it cannot be kasi a lot of fighters will always kasi you'll see a lot of fights where in stop the referee stops the bout or the referee stops the fight as makikita mo nagrereklamo yung fighter diba nagrereklamo hindi hindi kaya ko pa kaya ko pa diba 
So it was developing the emotional detachment between allowing them the opportunity to keep going versus watching out for their safety. Ako, I've, I've developed the mindset na lang na when I stop this fight, it's not because you're beaten. It's because I want to give you another chance at fighting again. I want you to go home with... I want you to go home, recover, and then get less brain damage so that you can train again, so that you can fight again, so that you can get paid again. Versus, I keep this going because you 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 want to defend yourself and you want to defend your honor, pero you're going to go home, your head's bloated, you're out six months, you can't train, you can't teach, you can't make a living, diba? So... I'll choose the ano na lang. I'll, I'll choose my criteria and then decide. I think that's the biggest responsibility of a referee that a lot of people don't realize or appreciate. They're actually the ones who who call the shots. They call the sh- they we have this responsibility that would determine the career or fate of a fighter's uh, that would determine a fighter's career. That's why you see a lot of people have so much negative uh, reactions pag mali yung call ng referee, di ba? Kasi, ano eh, there are so many repercussions, there are so many consequences on a bad call. Pero they also, what they don't realize or what they don't take into consideration is that person went through several processes in his head. Of course, there are a lot of bad calls. There are a lot of bad referees. Pero everyone, okay, will go through the same process. It, they, pwedeng hindi naman katulad ng sakin, pero ito yun eh. Everyone goes through that process kasi nga, whatever decision we make will make or break the, this this person's career. Diba? That's a huge responsibility for referees. And um, another one would be balancing. It's a balancing act. Refereeing is a balancing act between managing ex, managing the fight but at the same time, making sure that your audience is entertained. Because if your audience is not entertained, they're not going to watch the next event. So you have to make it entertaining, but you also have to play within the rules. And you also have to balance the careers of the fighters that you're handling or you're refereeing. So yun. Huh. Actually, one of the things with refereeing, it's a thankless job. Yeah. Oh yeah, very thankless job. It's a very... Damn if you do, damn if you don't. So if you make a good call, okay lang. If you make a bad call, you're gonna get bashed all over. We win everything. What do you think is the next evolution of Philippine MMA? A higher understanding of training, cutting weight, recovery, coaching. Coaching is a huge factor. More, most neglected part of the MMA landscape, coaching. Uh, in the Philippines... I could name you, again, this is my opinion, it's probably three to five legitimate MMA coaches. Because MMA, co- MMA is this. Um, this is, I think I mentioned this uh Hitlist Ba or Sa Combat Sports Weekly. That's my podcast with Destroy MNL. A lot of people in the Philippines still see MMA as this. Strike, you train in striking, I train in, you train in striking, you train in grappling. When you fight, you bring them together. Yung parehong yung nakikita kong mentality ngayon. So people will train striking and grappling separately. 
the way I teach MMA is this. You train those components separately during your off-season. During camp, you train everything together. Because your striking should mix and match with your grappling. Your grappling should be able to complement your striking. You should be able to transition on both planes with ease and you're not tentative. That's the evolution of MMA. That's the level of that's high level and that's the MMA that you see sa mga yan from Bellator to UFC to 1FC the champions you see how they transition from from striking to clinching to grappling everything is very very smooth the execution is there another one is training methodologies uh, next would be weight cutting and then recovery so yon those are the i think those are the immediate steps for the evolution of philippine MMA Okay, so now about Philippine grappling. Now that uh, professional grappling is a huge thing, you know, guys are really making a living. Just mm. they don't have to fight in MMA; they can be professional grapplers. And then, how does every weekend fight the win, Polaris, whatever yes. else is on? So, given how big it is now, do you see the Philippines producing more world champions, or maybe, maybe even an ADCC champ some point in the near future? Definitely, that is the goal. I think that's the goal that we have to achieve: being having. Because we, we know that we can produce IBJJF world champions. Right? So now, it's achieving champions from different leagues. Na, ADCC, Abu Dhabi World Pro. Right? I think we've, we've had winners in those leagues. So I think it's a clear indication that we're capable of winning these things. But right? they're not a dream anymore. A lot of the visitors from, from other countries that, that come to our gyms, they say that Philippine Jiu-Jitsu is very high level. And I agree with that. I, 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 I 100% agree that Philippine Jiu-Jitsu is a very high level. And this goes not just for my team, but for all teams. Every school. You can never go wrong. Halos lahat ng team ngayon may black belt. But if your team has a black belt, you can never go wrong with that. You have structure. You have, you have guidance. You have counseling. You have... I know you have high level coaching from people who've been there and they will guide you through the process. So without a doubt, we're gonna we're gonna produce a champion one day. Now it's just a matter of getting the right amount of support for these things. Cause like let's be real here. It's you have to have time for training, you have to have time to do your strength and conditioning, you have to have time for recovery. Those things take a lot of resources. Right? So it's either we get a certain amount of sponsorship, we, we get the, the right amount of support from the teams or the community to create these things. Tapos, uh, I think having a national team is, is a step in the right direction. And yung performance of national team natin during the SEA Games is a clear indication of what a powerhouse the Philippines is when it comes to jiu-jitsu. Hmm. So, ano siya? The, the, the possibilities are endless. You know, we're not, we, we don't have a shortage in talent. There are so many good jiu-jitsu fighters in the Philippines. And that's one of the main reasons why I created Arte Suave Manila to showcase people na uh, talent in the Philippines is very high. Na, this is this is gonna be your future. This is this is the future of jiu-jitsu in the Philippines. You see how high level these white belts and these blue belts are. That's those these are the people you're gonna watch later on. So uh, we we just need more support. 
And at the same time, on the end of the fighters naman, don't think that you're don't think you're the shit right away. And don't think that you won a tournament sobrang galing mo na. You're only as good as your last tournament. Diba? You won a particular tournament, celebrate, fine. But afterwards, get back in the gym and go to work. Diba? You're not you're not you're not there yet <laughs> you're not there yet so if you want if we want to grow the community if we want to grow the sport and we want it to be mainstream we're but I'm very happy na it's growing the way it is right now say a lot of people are now finding the benefits and the importance of, of learning something very very effective as jiu-jitsu so yeah uh, more events more events, more super fight shows wherein our our jiu-jitsu fighters get the value that they truly deserve. Diba? So uh, I really hope that ano eh, uh, it's something that I'm very, very proud of. If I'm when I leave this world, I'm very happy na I was able to start the super fight trend. Diba? Oh, <laughs> Kasi, yeah. Diba? Uh, I'm very, very thankful for the trust by the jiu-jitsu and the MMA community when when I launched the Super Fight series, because when people tell me na, oh, prof, may, may nagsu Super Fight din, no? parang artist wabi manila. I don't say gaya gaya sila. I always say, buti ginawa nila yan. Sabi ko, buti ginawa nila yan. Dapat ginawa nila yan. Kasi, hindi naman na kaila maghintay ng artist wabi manila every year for a Super Fight. There's a Super Fight every other month. Yeah. And I'm very happy kasi these jujitsu fighters who's going to join and participate can build their portfolio they can build their resume and now it's going to be easier for them to get sponsors kasi makikita ni sponsor oh active ka pala eh marami ka pala sinasalihan eh and then apparently yeah, super fights pala ito ang format sabi sabihin you're really good as you uh, as you you're you're as good as advertised so i mean it creates more opportunities so it was a very, it was one of my heart attack moments. So, I thought, I have a super superfight. But it clicked, it happened, it created more events, it created uh, more opportunities. That's something I'm very, very happy about. Actually, coach those superfights uh, from a community perspective, it becomes something that we look forward to. As in, oh, si Ganito, lalaban si Ganito, ah, maganda yan. Mm. You know? Because the way exactly. brackets work, like you know, they could both be out in the first round, and we never get to see it. Whereas mm. super fight, Sigurado, they're gonna face off. Sigurado, exactly. Yeah. But that was my, that was my, ano. Para sa fantasy jujitsu, kaya ako siginawa. So now it's just a matter of ano, asking them if they if they're down to do it. That's why ako so much respect for people who who join these these tournaments because they're laying it all they're laying it down they're laying it there diba? they're they're diba? for whatever reasons they may have wala they, they really stepped up oh, i have so much respect for whether you win or you lose wala i have so much respect for you for stepping up kasi dun sa mga nag yes sobrang daming nag no so doon ko nakita na ah, takot kayo <laughs> para sa akin lang yan ah, takot kayo kasi ako uh, whenever I was asked, I always answer, when and where. I was brought up like that. I was the culture I grew up in. I would, when someone says, na, we have an event, I'd say, check your schedule. Ko. 
Pero pagka-game, pag-pag-clear, sinasabi ko lang, when and where. I never ask na nga kung sinong kalaban ko. I just say, when and where. Kasi, what, am I, what have I got to lose? That's my, even Saulo, when I interviewed him sa podcast ko, sabi niya, I looked at, I looked at the tournaments here in the Philippines. Why aren't the higher belts not competing? Sabi ko, I don't know. Ask them. Sabi I know why? Because they're afraid. They're afraid to lose. They think they're the shit when they're not. Sabi ko, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, no one's gonna question Saulo. No, I don't think I'm red. So, para ako, diba? of course, people will have their own reasons. I respect them for, for I mean, ako, I'll never, I'll never diss on anybody for whatever, for, for, because I don't know their story. I don't know. Pero ito lang yun. At least ako, I could definitely tell. I could definitely say na. Oh, I joined everything. One of the best compliments in my career in jiu-jitsu was it didn't even uh, it came from John Bailon. I, I this is one of the stories I love to share with my students. Para sabi, ano ba yung pinakamagandang compliment mo sa pag-jiu-jitsu career? Sabi ko, it actually it didn't didn't come from a teammate, didn't come from one of my coaches. Sabi ko, it actually came from John Bailon. It was in a tournament and then he said, ikaw, ikaw yung si Franco Rulyoda, di ba? Sabi ko, so parang ako, putangina si John Pilot, alam yung pangalaw niya. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so parang ko, uh, opo, yes coach. Sabi niyo, sabi niya, ikaw, stop me on the shoulder. Tama yung ginagawa mo. Gusto ko yung ginagawa mo. Sabi ko, uh, oh, oh, thank you po. Thank you po. Tapos sabi niya, tama yan. Sabi niya, Lahat ng tournament, sinalihan mo. Nakikita kita eh. Nakikita kita. Lahat, sinalihan mo. Wala kang inatrasan. Para pag, pag tinanong ka later on, masasabi mo, wala kang inatrasan. So parang ako naman, hindi ko may iisip yun eh. Pero, kasi ako, I just wanted to compete. I, I love competing. I Whether I win or I lose, I always just, I just love the experience. Then, then that guy from a different team who I idolized. Kasi he's a legend. Tapos, comes up Diba? Ah, nagbibisa ko nun. It just so happens, nilapag niya yung gamit niya doon. Inaayos niya yung gamit niya. Tapos i-warm up niya si Annie. Tapos nakita niya ako. Ikaw yun, diba? Ikaw yun. Ikaw yun. Gumagal siya. Ikaw yung, yung Franco. Ikaw yung Franco. Sabi ko, ah, opo. <laughs> so yun. I think that was, I hold that story very true, dear to my heart. Na, wala. Kasi, I also, like right now, when people say, brown belt ka na, black belt ka na, ba't ka pa rin compete Sabi ko kasi, if I'm not gonna do it, no one else will. Or at least someone has to start something. Hindi pwedeng porket coach ka na, hindi ka na compete That's why I love the people like sila Aldo. Aldo Verhel de Dios, he meet you. Um, these are coaches that still compete. Yeah. They, they don't have ego. They don't think about anything. Pero they're fucking really, really good. Aldo beat me twice. So I'm like, so if these people don't care about standing, about stature, about records, what's what's preventing you from doing the same? Diba? So yun lang yun. Tsaka if we don't do it, if the coaches don't do it, no, but their students will follow suit. Their, their students will do the same. Kaya ko, yan. Uh, another notable one, si Professor Manny Jimenez. He has so much on his plate. He's running a school. He's running a business. He's, he has to take care of his training. But he still competes. That's it. Right? 
So I mean, these are the things na, 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 that that people who take lead will. These are the steps that will grow the community. These are the things, however small they are. These are the things that will grow the community, that will benefit the community. So ayon. Okay, coach. Just to finish up, any plugs? Anything mm. you want to share? Any projects coming up? Ah, uh, first off, guys, thank you so much for having me. I hope I didn't blabber too much, <laughs> and, I, I, and I hope I answered all your questions. And um, thank you for having me here. Thank you for allowing me to share my story, share my insights. Uh, I have my own podcast. It's called Coach Franco Says. It's a lot of conversations with different people from different industries. I also have. Uh, two other podcasts with, that I'm a, I'm a part of. The first one is FMA Bandits. The other one is Combat Sports Weekly. So again, Jason, Stephen, thank you so much. Uh, I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. So follow me there. Just type my name. It's just my name. Okay, Coach. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much. Hey, hope you hope you enjoyed. I enjoyed. I enjoyed having, doing this with you guys. Let's do it again if you want to. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you know, five, ten more episodes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs>